0: What is up, Line listeners? We are back with another episode of, uh, you know, i will going to say it, the best football podcast out there, man. We made it a whole season. I think I, I haven't heard one negative thing about this show. So, you know, if there are haters out there, they're keeping their mouth shut. I don't know, man. I'm feeling pretty
1: good about where we're at with our first season pretty much in the books now. How about you, Jordan? Yeah, man. Uh, same with you. I haven't heard anything negative other than my uh, hatred of the Kansas City Chiefs. So everyone around here is like, why do you hate the Chiefs so bad? And I was like, you. <laughs> You're why I hate the Chiefs.
0: I've asked Jordan that several times over the last couple years, man. You know, I kind of I I was hardcore football and then my interest in it waned a little bit. But over the last like two to three years, I'm back in it really kind of deeper than ever, man. Um, And yeah, that's definitely been something I constantly question Jordan on. But, you know, he's explained there's a lot of obnoxious bandwagon uh, Chiefs fans where he's at. And that would definitely be irritating, especially if you're a diehard of the uh, the Atlanta football Falcons.
1: Exactly. That that's exactly the reason just cuz I'm a Falcons fan. <laughs>
0: All right, so one game left to go, man. It's the big one, the Super Bowl. Uh, is this the the season one finale for us, man? I was kind—I of, I mentioned that to Sheena today when we were talking about just the setup for this. Uh, said we were, you know, recording the season finale of Goal Line. She was like, "Well, wouldn't next week be the season finale?" So I don't know. In, in your brain, what's the, what's the finale for season one, man? Is it this one or is it the post Super Bowl episode?
1: It's the post Super Bowl because we gotta wrap the whole season up in a bow. So yeah, definitely next week cool.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. And that that could be season 1 and then we'll kind of roll into off-season goal line and then I guess we'll kick off season 2 maybe when uh maybe when training camp opens.
1: Sounds like a plan.
0: All right. So this week, not a whole lot of news to discuss, but in lieu of that, we're going to bring you guys our year-end awards uh for for the Goal Line podcast. They are, like the real NFL, they're going to be weighted heavily for the regular season, but we are factoring in a little bit of postseason, uh, you know, if it was a, a tiebreaker on something. Uh, but, yeah, we'll run through those. Uh, Jordan, you get anything else for housekeeping, man?
1: Um, No, it, just uh, mind you, it is 10 o'clock on a Friday night, and me and Seth have uh, been drinking a few, so maybe don't, <laughs> maybe don't let the kids listen to this episode.
0: Yeah, life, we've typically, I think almost i think every podcast we did this year was on a monday night it, when we got to the playoffs we did a couple of uh of tuesdays man this is the the latest in the week just life kind of just kept popping up this week man so that's so why we ended up getting pushed back so uh yeah we should be back to pro- most likely monday nights throughout the off season as well uh let's get into it man let's hand out some awards <laughs> If you are also a Chick Foley show listener, I know we got a ton of Foley fam that uh, hops over here to the goal line. Uh, if that music sounds suspiciously similar to the Chickies theme music from a couple of weeks ago on that podcast, it's just your mind playing tricks on you.
1: Yeah, it's it's not one and the same. Don't, oh yeah. Don't we're get,
0: we're big budget over here. We're not we're not recycling any any music on, on this show.
1: Yeah, we, we got the the budget all laid out for the next two seasons. So <laughs> yeah, d- don't think we're shortchanging anybody. Um all right, let's start off with offensive rookie of the year. You go first.
0: It's gotta be CJ Stroud, man. He just the impact, he crushed it, man. He was I mean you take the Texans from one of the, the laughing stocks of the league to uh to you know last until halftime of the divisional round of the playoffs, man. I mean, they were tied with the uh with the Ravens at halftime in the second round on in Baltimore and and just I think he's lifted up that entire franchise, if not that entire city spirits with his performance.
1: Yeah, it's I, I mean, I get the argument for Puka. I, I get it. Like he had an incredible season, but I mean, picking anybody other than C.J. Stroud seems like a big mistake here. Like, he was absolutely incredible. I talked about it a couple weeks ago, about was this the best season we ever saw by a rookie quarterback? And I would still say yes. I mean, just based on what we saw this season out of him, I I think that was definitely the best rookie season we've ever seen out of a quarterback. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what he does in the next couple years because that team is built to win. Um, they need to fill a couple spots, but yeah, CJ Stroud was incredible this year.
0: Yeah. If there was a offense uh, a rookie offensive player of the year, I think it's Puka in a landslide, right? Cause he was just so freaking productive from, from week one, all the way through the playoffs, man, just really, really impressive by him. Uh, but, but yeah, like I said, man, CJ Stroud has got the, the, it looks, if you're a Houston Texans fan right now, like the sky is the absolute limit. They're absolutely, uh, you know. I mean, they could be contending for a Super Bowl next season, realistically.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, We talked about this a couple times this season about going all in on your guys. And um, look no further than the Texans, man. They, they targeted the two guys they wanted in the draft, and they made sure they got both of them. And it worked out. Like, I, I think a lot of teams overthink it in the draft. And always are worried about next season, man. You got to worry about this season before you start worrying about next season. So, yeah, um, hats off to the Texans. They uh, they did their thing this season, and, man, it was an incredible thing to watch with just how many rookies they had. So, um, with that, we'll lead right into defensive rookie of the year. I'll go first on this one. Uh, I'm going to go Will Anderson. Um <laughs> Dude, unanimous man, like, unanimous. I'm staying in H-town also. Like, I don't know how you don't pick him. Like, I I get that Jalen Carter had a huge impact for the the Eagles, but dude, w- I don't know how anyone can argue what the the Texans did this year, man. I just said it. Like, they went out and they targeted the two players they wanted in the draft and got them both, and they both paid huge dividends. I just Will Anderson completely changed the defense on that team, and cj Stroud completely changed the offense like i i don't think it's really even an arguable point honestly
0: you know assuming they both don't don't turn into you know one year wonders flashing the pans and they live up to if they come close to the the potential that they showed this first year i think this could honestly go down as like maybe the greatest draft in nfl history man is that hyperbole
1: um The problem is, is, dude, depending on what happens for the rest of Bryce Young's career, the number one pick could be a huge bust. So that's going to cause a little bit of problems in that. No, no, no. no. I mean, the
0: Texans. I mean, the Texans draft. Yeah, I'm talking specifically for the uh, the, 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 as far as individual team drafts go, man, like I don't even think I mean, getting an absolute. Yeah. Getting a cornerstone in offense and defense,
1: man, is just insane. Not to mention, dude, they got Tank Dell, too, like, uh, that goes yeah, very was awesome. underrated that they got Tank Dell as well. So, yeah, I agree with you 100%. Like I said, all these franchises are so worried about the future and like what your picks look like next year. Texans proved it, man. Don't worry about next year. Worry about now and let the rest of the, everything else fall into place. If you get your guys, you get your guys. So, yeah, it's uh, yeah, unanimous sweep for me and Seth for offensive and defensive rookie. So, yeah. Um, We'll go. I agree,
0: man, about what you're saying about the team-building philosophy, dude, and I, I hate to say it because, you know, my current favorite team, the Titans, they definitely seem to be accepting, like, we're going to do a rebuilding phase. I feel like those days are over, though, man. You know, that's that's kind of what we came up with in the NFL, like a team would go into rebuilding, and they'd spend two or even three seasons just, you know, reloading and getting set up for another run. If I'm an NFL owner, that whole way of thinking is out the window for me, man. Like it just is like they showed you this year, what you can do if you get, you know, some, some motivated coaching in there, bringing some innovative schemes and get a couple game changers in the building. You can turn it around in one year and you don't have to get a CJ Stroud and a Will Anderson to be able to do this, man. Like you, you could make a, a one year turnaround or a one year leap with much less than that. So I, yeah, just not, not to get too off topic on the awards, but I'm, I'm kind of over overhearing the teams are going to go into a rebuilding phase at this point in my, uh, my NFL. Self-andom.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, what the Texans just did should show everyone that you don't have to wait. Like you, you can do it now. Um, let's go into Coach of the Year. You go ahead and get us started on Coach of the Year,
0: dude. <laughs> For, I, I think D'Amico Ryans has a very strong case, but we're not just going to make this the Houston Texans appreciation show. I'm going Dan Campbell, man. Um, that That's factoring in the playoff success. I think if it was just the regular season, that's why, that's why we kind of said, you know, you can put a little sprinkling of, of playoff dust on these awards. I think regular season, you almost got go to go D'Amico Ryans with the one-year turnaround uh, that they had down there. But factoring in the the playoffs, um you know, Dan Campbell had those boys basically a quarter away, you know, a, a couple bounces here or there um, from going to the Super Bowl. Uh, and I just think he deserves to be rewarded, man. The culture that he has set there is, you know, those guys are fighting, man. Like they, it, it, people laughed at him at that opening press conference when he talked about, you know, biting kneecaps and fighting and scrapping. But you can tell that team has just got some serious grit to it. They've adopted their head coach's mindset and it shows with the way they play on both sides of the ball. Um <laughs> You know, I've still questioned I, in a lot of ways, I, I find myself feeling conflicted handing this to him because I think he kind of, you know, the last game of the season, at least the second half, he kind of coached his team out of that, man. I feel like if he makes if he if he zigs instead of zags on a couple of those decisions, uh, you know, maybe we're talking about Detroit versus Kansas City in a rematch uh, tonight, but wasn't the case. But that all that being said, it's not enough to uh, race away getting the freaking Detroit Lions uh, damn near to the Super Bowl.
1: This one's tough for me because uh, I th- I think there's three obvious choices. I think Dan Campbell um, with what he did, like you just said, in Detroit. Um, I think Kevin Stefanski deserves a lot of credit for what he did in Cleveland this year with yeah. having Joe Flacco as your quarterback. I just – I don't know, man. They, they, they started,
0: what, four different quarterbacks throughout the season there in Cleveland. And they
1: had so many injuries. Like, they lost their best player. Nick Chubb didn't play at all this season. Well, two games. Um but dude, I'm I'm going to Miko Ryan's man. I just if we're gonna factor in playoffs a little bit here, like, dude, coming into the postseason, Cleveland was like the third favorite coming out of the AFC. They and, were hot, and man. Houston, Cleveland blew, was coming in hot, and Houston blew the fucking doors off Cleveland. Like, and whatever happened in Baltimore happened. Like, I'm not gonna hold that against them. I mean, no matter what, they told a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback. Like, nobody was expecting them to even get that far. So. I'm going D'Amico Ryan's, and I just to complete the trifecta: rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, and rookie pass rusher. Like, I just, I think uh, their GM should get executive of the year as well. Like, dude, just everything he did last season, he hit on every move they made. It's just pretty incredible, honestly, man.
0: Yeah, future is very bright. Like I said, if. I if I hadn't already given the rookie and defensive uh, the offensive and defensive rookie of the year to them, I probably would have been much more likely to give it to D'Amico Ryans. But Chad he couldn't spend too much time in Houston, man. But yeah, great choice, dude. You really can't argue with D'Amico Ryans uh getting it.
1: All right. We'll uh we'll move to defensive player of the year next. Um I'm gonna go TJ Watt. I just I dude, he's just such a game changer when he's on the yeah. field. Like that defense looks completely different when he's not out there. I mean, I know that's not like some like earth-shattering content here, but I just I think TJ Watt for what he does for the Steelers, I just I think there's no replacing him and I, I I don't think there's anyone else like him. He's just a complete freak. I mean, he plays so hard every down and I mean, dude, he played 15 games and led the NFL in sacks. Like I, I don't know what more proof you need.
0: Production wise, he's definitely got it. He outpaces my choice in numbers all the way through. But kind of philosophically, man, I look at this. I, I judge this award differently from Offensive Player of the Year, which is really kind of based off of, you know, raw production. I look at this as like the defensive MVP. And that's why my choice is Miles Garrett, man. I yep. think, uh, you know, he's he just set the tone, man, for that team. And, you know, the Steelers are lot the same way, man. Their defense willed them to the, an unlikely playoff berth. Um, but I feel like Miles Garrett was just such a force on Cleveland. I, I feel like Cleveland would have been in a lot worse shape if, my, like, if Miles Garrett would have got hurt. I think that would have been the straw that broke the camel's back, uh, as opposed to the Steelers. So that's why I'm going Miles Garrett over uh, T.J. Watt. Man, I'm kind of go, I'm going vibes over stats on this one.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think there's any arguing that. Honestly, dude, if if I was going with my second choice, I would have went um, Max Crosby out of L.A. or Vegas. Yeah. Sorry. I just think like. The havoc Max Crosby wreaks on defense, like dude, you know where that guy's at on the field at all time. Like he's just a madman. He just he's a factor in the run game also. He's
0: not strictly a pass rusher, man. Like he's a big, big factor. Uh, you know, a big run stopper also.
1: Just plays with his hair on fire, man. Like everybody always uses that term, and it's like that dude literally plays with his hair on fire. Like he just yeah. he's just running all over the field like a madman every play. So I think we had to at least bring him up. Um, offensive player of the year.
0: I'm going Tyreek Hill by just a cut hair over Christian McCaffrey, man. On the, I just don't think there's anything else like Tyreek. I know Jalen Waddle makes a lot of big plays for them, also, but I still feel like it's a pretty big drop off from um, from from Tyreek Hill to to Jalen Waddle being the number one receiver in that Miami offense. And I mean, yeah, Christian McCaffrey, he's right up there with him, dude. He's a super special player. But I feel like the backup running backs for the Niners could probably still be pretty damn productive uh, with that offense, man. So that's why I give the nod to Tyreek Hill.
1: See, I'm going to go McCaffrey for the reasons you said. I just think that McCaffrey means so much to that team. Like, I get what you're saying. Like, their running backs would do fine, but I just don't think they would do the production that he does. And. You just said you think that there's a huge gap between Tyreek and Jalen Waddell. I think there's a huge gap between McCaffrey and the next best running back, honestly. I just think McCaffrey is that much better as a running back than um, even the second best guy. So, based off that alone, I'm going to go McCaffrey. I just think he just changes the game, man. Like, you you have to account for him every single play.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're we're, we're going – you know, it's splitting hairs really between – these are definitely the two – best offensive weapons in football right now. So, really can't argue with either either choice, man. Yeah. Um you saw
1: McCaffrey actually finished third in the uh, the real the real life MVP voting. That's insane, dude. For a running back, that's absolutely insane. Yeah. Um okay, we'll move into MVP. Um the playoffs didn't change my opinion. I just i I'll, I'll I'll say this though like i I thought a lot more about like how valuable each player is to their team after the playoffs this year, um but I'm still going Lamar dude. just he carried that team this season, man, and I think the biggest evidence for me of that too is that. I said it last week. I don't know what the hell the Ravens offensive coordinator was thinking, uh, making Lamar throw the ball that much. I just, I think that was foolish and they took themselves out of their game. Like Lamar. I was
0: looking at the stats. That was the least amount of handoffs to a running back in Baltimore Ravens history. Since they moved to Baltimore from Cleveland and became the Baltimore Ravens, they've never had a game where they handed it off to the running back that few times.
1: And like, it's not a slight against Lamar to say he shouldn't be throwing the ball 40 times. Like it's just the way their offense is built. He should never be throwing the ball 40 times. Like it's, it's yeah, it was just a bad Lamar. game
0: plan in general, man. You let the chiefs, you know, hold the ball damn near the whole freaking game. Just really start bleeding the clock on you the whole second half. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what they were doing, man. I mean, it was just a weird, weird game, a weird second half, at least for, uh, Baltimore. I, I'm going with Lamar Jackson also, man. You have no idea how bad I want to give it to Brock Purdy yeah. after that NFC championship. You know, the he and Brock Purdy ended up finishing fourth. In real life voting, they had um it was Lamar first. Dak Prescott was number two, which to me, Dak's a stats guy, dude. He piles up stats, that's it. Uh third was McCaffrey, fourth was Brock, and fifth was Josh Allen. Um, how insane you know, Josh Allen that, had a good case. How Go insane ahead.
1: is that, dude? You went through five guys and Patrick Mahomes isn't one of them.
0: He was just, I feel like Mahomes has spoiled us, man. He was so, I mean, you know, everybody talks about Brock Purdy being a game manager. I feel like Patrick Mahomes was the true game manager this year, dude. Like his numbers were so pedestrian compared to what he's done over the course of his career. I think you can make a case for him being MVP because I don't know if, I don't know if Kansas City wins five games if they don't got Patrick Mahomes as good as that defense was this year. That offense was absolutely horrid, man. And he was just, you know, he was really almost single-handedly keeping it afloat. Yeah, I agree. It's just it's really tough. Um, but yeah, for going back to mine, man, Lamar, uh, yeah, dude, I just felt like he operated at such a high level pretty much throughout the season, really peaked that last month. I do find it pretty funny that, you know, him and Brock Purdy were kind of neck and neck. And then, you know, Brock had that disastrous outing Christmas night and everybody hands it to Lamar come AFC championship time, dude, Lamar is folding like a launch here in the second half of his game, whereas Brock Purdy is leading his team back from 17 points down to, uh, to win so it's just you know we always say man football's a funny game that being said from wire to wire i don't really think, i don't think you can argue that lamar jackson was the most outstanding player in football this season
1: yeah didn't he get 49 of the 50 first place votes and josh allen got the other first place vote
0: yeah josh allen got and i i appreciate it i forget the uh I forget the guy's name, man, that uh, voted for Josh Allen, but he broke it down. Like basically all the advanced metrics and analytics and stuff all point towards uh, how well Josh Allen played this year. But I don't know. To me, man, just he had too many turnovers. There were there were games that Josh Allen, you know, you could you could make the case that he lost for the Bills. And even though they ended up having a really impressive season, they could have, you know, if maybe if they don't have to go into you know, their playoffs started basically at the end of November, right? If they're, if they didn't have to, you know, go on a freaking six game winning streak uh, just to, just to secure their, their playoff livelihood, maybe they're hitting the playoffs a little bit more fresh and got a little bit more juice to where it's not a one score game in the fourth quarter at home against the chiefs.
1: Yeah, I agree. Josh Allen was incredible this year. Like he was a turnover machine in half the games, but I mean, he's awesome though, dude. Yeah. He's just a fucking V twelve engine for your offense, man. Just always going all the time.
0: Yeah. He's he's one that like you know, Kurt Warner, who's I don't I think is a little bit underrated historically, man. People don't remember how great he was, dude. He turned it over a lot too. You know, Kurt Warner, if you look, Kurt Warner always had a healthy amount of interceptions on his stat sheet, dude. I think that's just there's some quarterbacks that are like that, man. You just gotta know they're gonna they're they're going full throttle, they're gonna press, and every once in a while you got one that really just Breaks your back, and you wish you could have back. But I think you know, for guys like you know Warner, Brett Favre, Josh Allen, you just got to know the good is going to far outweigh the bad, uh, and you, and you just live and die with those guys.
1: Yeah, hundred percent agree.
0: All right, is that it for our year-end awards? That's it, man. All right, let's make some Super Bowl predictions. All right, it's going to be the shortest pick segment of the season. Um, I'll go first, man. I hate to say it, it just feels inevitable, man. The between the path they've gotten here, they're peaking at the right time. The Taylor Swift of it all. I think the Chiefs win by like I'm, I'm thinking it looks very similar to that Baltimore game. I'm thinking something like 21-13. Chiefs win.
1: This is really a no-win situation for me.
0: Are these are are these like number two and three for your
1: most hated teams after the Saints? Ah, I don't know if I'd go that far. Like I don't I don't think I hate the 49ers near as much as like the Saints and the Chiefs. But this is like not a winning formula for me either way. Um before the playoffs started, I picked 49ers versus Ravens for the Super Bowl. I thought those were the two most talented teams. I still think the 49ers have the most talent. (sighs) Having said that, dude, it's like, it's really tough for me because this is me picking Brock Purdy over Mahomes. And I just, I don't feel great about it, but I, I I don't know, man. I just feel like I trust the rest of the team for the 49ers more than I trust the chiefs. Uh, I don't think it's out of question. The Niners win, man. Dude, I'm going to go 49ers. I just, yeah. I, I just I think the 49ers have more talent as far, far as skill position players go on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going
0: gonna... to. The Chiefs are a little soft on the run, which makes it that much more frustrating why the Ravens then pound it more, man. So if they can really get Christian McCaffrey after it, dude. Like, I know this is going to sound weird because I just picked the Chiefs to win, but I could also see a game script where the Niners just blow their doors off of them, man, because they are, you know, kind of pound for pound better across the board i think they're a lot they're much more explosive and maybe we see something that looks kind of similar to that that falcons and patriots super bowl except you know there's no letting off the gas right they don't they they don't allow a 25 point comeback man and we see them just beat the shit out of them i mean the eagles damn near slit the chief's throat first half last year man if it wasn't for that jalen hurts fumble that game would have been dramatically different
1: yeah um but this is not me, like, sliding the Chiefs either. I don't want anyone to take no. take this as I don't think the Both Chiefs are. these teams did. are great, Yeah, man. Chiefs are a great football team. Like, I just – like, dude, when it comes down to crunch time, like, am, am I really supposed to trust Marquez Valdez, Scantlin, and those guys, like, over Brandon Iyuk, uh Debo, all those guys? Like, I just – I don't trust the, the Chiefs playmakers outside of Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey and – dude at some point one of these teams is going to realize like if those two guys ain't beating you who is beating you on this team like i, I feel like the playoffs was like all the teams that Chiefs played they were like ah, oh, well let's just let travis kelsey and rasheed rice get theirs and then we'll uh we'll figure it out from there it's like dude double those two guys and make everyone else beat you i just i don't get it man it's just so weird to me they have two guys that you know that mahomes trusts like Dude, shut the water off of Travis Kelsey and make Mahomes choose someone else to beat you. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I, I get it, dude. NFL is a fast game, and like, we're, we're coaching this from our, our chairs and our podcasting rooms. Like, <laughs> I, I get it. I'm not saying this is an easy game, but I'm just saying, dude, like, if there's anybody in the Chiefs that scares me, it's Travis Kelsey. And that would be the first thing I'm doing is making sure he does not beat me.
0: I mean, dude, I feel like Pacheco doesn't get the credit he deserves, man. I mean, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm feeding Pacheco the rock a lot, too. Look at the Packers, dude, and the Lions, man. Both teams really were running all over the 49ers, at least in the first half of those games. Uh, and the Niners kind of tightened up over the in the second half, both of them. But I don't know, man. It, it's going to be a really interesting game because, yeah, the Niners, you know, the Niners got a little bit of a, a battle test in this to them. I mean, they've been down in the fourth quarter, um or excuse me, i don't think they're actually down the fourth quarter against detroit but they've been down big second half both playoff games so far and come out on, on the other side of it man brock was making huge play- i mean brock looked like lamar jackson did second half against the Lions. some of those runs he was making and everything and the throws on the run you, like we said can't say enough things about christian mccaffrey being one of the absolute best players in the league and dude brandon iuke is freaking awesome also man he's one of the he's quietly passed debo as like the best receiver on that team i know debo is more just like an all-around playmaker um but yeah, dude, I don't know. It's going to be an awesome game, man. Really, really awesome game. I feel like one thing to factor in, I I can't really make up my mind who this benefits. Think about the disparity and pressure on this game. I feel like there's almost no pressure whatsoever on the Chiefs, man. The Chiefs are already, you know, a proven commodity. They're made men. This is their fourth Super Bowl in six years. I mean, really all they're playing for, like, yeah, it will be cool to go back to back. And, you know, Mahomes will, you know, be inching closer to to brady on like you know the all-time quarterback argument he's still gonna have a ways to go but it's another notch in his belt on that pursuit i feel like the niners you know they've been in the nfc championship three straight years now lost the super bowl um four years ago kyle shanahan's also got the ghost from that falcons patriots super bowl we talked about i feel like the pressure is much higher on the 49ers than it is on the chiefs i would
1: agree 100 i feel like shanahan yeah, like i said shanahan yeah, but, needs this one and Also, dude, starting next season, they're going to start having salary cap issues. So they got to get it done now.
0: Yeah, and like you said, man, you know, Shanahan, I think he's forever going to be labeled as like, you know, kind of what Andy Reid was the first half of his career, right? Like, great coach, can't win the big one. Um, I think that's going to be stuck with him if they don't win this. Where I said, you know, if the Chiefs lose, I don't think anybody's going to really hold it against them, man. Like, it's almost, it's kind of amazing that the Chiefs are even here after how they looked at some points this season. So, like I said, big gap in pressure. I don't know if that makes the Niners play with that much more fire and desperation in a good way or if they're playing if they're going to be playing more tight where the chiefs are just out there balling, you know, playing loose. So could that, that one could have an effect on the game. I'll definitely keep an eye on it. And it should be pretty apparent within the first quarter, just seeing how the, the demeanor of the two teams, you kind of saw that in that AFC championship game, seemed like the chiefs were at ease and in total control. Even when the game was kind of close down the stretch, it seemed like the Ravens just composure wise, seemed like they were just hanging on by a thread. Like they were ready to just out and out collapse out there. Um, kind of uh, emotionally.
1: Yeah. It, uh, So, you're right, dude. The 49ers have been down twice, like you said, in the first two games. Down big. Dude, I just do not – if they fall down against the Chiefs, I just – like you just were saying, I I don't feel good about that at all for them against this team, like – Chiefs are different, man. Andy Reid's a different head coach than anybody else. They're going to be
0: smart enough to, they're not going to get cute at all. They're going to be, they're, they're going to freaking pound Pacheco and let Mahomes make smart plays on third down, man. Like they're, if you're going to come back on the Chiefs, it's not going to be because of some goofy fourth downs, drop passes, stuff like that. It's, you're going to have to freaking earn it, man, if you end up going down, you know, 10 points to the Chiefs in the second half.
1: Let me ask you this, um, just because, I feel like we need some more talking points about the Super Bowl. Let's just say the Chiefs do win. Do you think Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey retire after the game? I don't think so,
0: man. I think they come back, dude. I think they keep this thing going, man. Maybe I I would lean more towards Travis Kelsey retiring. Um <laughs> excuse me bless me, bless me. uh <laughs> i would lead more towards travis kelsey just because obviously he's got a ton of other stuff going on um i feel like i would be i feel like andy Reid's chances of retiring go up more if they lose this man i feel like if they lose it's easy for him to kind of just close the chapter Um, uh, you know maybe on his coaching career maybe just on this uh you know on on this portion of his career dude i think um I think if they lose, I'd be much more I'd be looking for Andy Reid retirement, Uh, you know, much more likely. But I don't know. He seems he seems to me like he's still got a lot of gas in the tank, seems to still be enjoying himself. Um.
1: So I don't know. I, I, I don't think so. If I had to put I say neither one of these guys retire. I, I agree with you. I think it's way more likely Travis Kelsey retires. Honestly, I just think with everything he's got going on in his life and his brother retiring, I just I don't know, man. You know, he's
0: probably got his brother telling him like, you know, I got the weight of the world off my shoulders now. Right. And like, they got enough money and financial freedom. They can go do what they want to do. If they just want to do their podcast, like they'll be totally fine. I'm sure they could end up on, you know, the two of them could come along together and do something similar to the Manning cast somewhere or go together and be on any NFL pregame show they want next season. Um, yeah, I just think he's got a lot of enticing offers. Whereas, I don't really see Andy Reid doing the broadcasting. No. I don't. That's he's never really struck me as that type. He just seems like a freaking coaching lifer. So, I feel like he's going to keep going until the Chiefs really do take a step back and their, their Super Bowl window is closed. Which might not be a thing as long as Patrick Mahomes is there.
1: There is one thing about maybe Travis Kelsey not retiring. I feel like his brother is the draw as far as like mainstream media is concerned i I know Travis dates the most popular person in the world but dude Jason Kelsey is like your everyday man that also played in the NFL like just every time you hear him talk or anytime you see him do anything like travis or Jason Kelsey's the type of guy like you want to go have beers on a Friday night with Jason yeah, Kelsey super charismatic man like he just he's a dad like he's just he's like a normal fucking dude like he's he's like us except uh he has about um 200 million dollars more in the bank than we do but outside of that he's he's, he's just one of
0: the best yeah and being one of the best centers in the history of football
1: well yeah i know but you're one of the best uh uh, people in the navy and i'm one of the best insurance (laughs) agents so i mean (laughs) i don't don't, don't really i don't really think he's got that over us it's just the money thing. fair enough yeah we just chose different (laughs) professions man. (laughs) we're just the best at our own professions it does it it make the most sense money-wise no but eh, we're, we're doing it um do you got anything else to talk about as far as the Super Bowl
0: no we'll see man I kind of wish I would have picked the Niners now dude just because I feel like I've been kicking your ass on the picks um all season long and it'd be I really I really want the Niners to win man I'm personally rooting hard for the Niners you know I love Brock Purdy I just think he's like the most wholesome dude in the NFL and I've always been a fan of Kyle Shanahan so I'm rooting hard for the Niners who's who's your personal rooting interest or do you not have one are you totally just neutral on this game
1: um, I wouldn't say I'm completely neutral because I definitely don't want the Chiefs to win. Um, I don't know, man. I like Kittle a lot, dude. Kittle's just... He's just a yeah, dude. he's a wrestling fan. He's just a dude. And yeah, I would... Lo- dude. Like, dude, McCaffrey is as good as he's been. I mean, he's been either the best or one of the best running backs in the league since he came into the league. Like, that dude deserves a ring, man. And, yeah, it's just... It's going to be interesting, man. I, I think this is going to be a really good game. I think... Um the styles are really going to contrast each other. I just I feel like this is going to be a fantastic game.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a good one. How crazy will it be uh you know if they if the Niners end up winning that freaking uh you know Kyle Shanahan's dad coached uh Christian McCaffrey's dad to a Super yeah. Bowl victory with the Broncos and now they're making it happen
1: all over again. Like, you know, life is crazy. It is, man. It's a fragile thing. Life is a fragile thing, man. All right, let's get into our bets.
0: uh-huh yeah uh, uh-huh
1: yeah it's all
0: about the benjamins baby all right it's time for million dollar bets how did we do in the conference championship
1: oh boy um i had uh quite the week um i went zero for three minus 700k so yeah not a not a good showing from from your boy. Not not a good showing at all.
0: What's what's your total heading into? Uh, it's not good. Heading into the
1: Super Bowl, I am twenty and twenty three, and I am minus four hundred and twenty five k. So yeah, that that one hurt. All um, right. How about me? So in the uh, championship round, you hit Chiefs and Niners parlay that paid out three hundred and thirty k. Um, that just completely destroyed anything I had. Um, you have Lamar for the first touchdown, which obviously didn't hit, and Kittle for a touchdown, which didn't hit. Brings you to 25 and 18 plus 805K. So nice healthy dude, so. lead.
0: I'll say this I'll throw out my bets first, man, because I got a bunch of crazy fits. I crazy bets. I am not. Setting on my lead whatsoever, man I'm going balls out I'm going to leave the window I don't know what Jordan's got cooked up But I'm leaving the window open for him to make a last-second comeback Because I, I got some serious cheddar going down on some uh, some pretty wild shit, dude So first off, I am betting the color of Gatorade to be poured on the winning coach to be red
1: Okay Hold on a second here, I got everything pulled up It's just my phone's not loading at the current second I don't know why I had all of these saved, and now it doesn't want to pull up. It's all
0: good. I'll keep okay, running through you, the rest I got of you. them. I got okay.
1: you. So you. Red had, Gatorade, what's that payout? Red Gatorade, you had 100000 on that. That would pay 450000 if it hit. All
0: right. Reba McIntyre, country music legend. I actually saw her at halftime of a Dallas Cowboys and Tennessee Oilers football game on Thanksgiving in 1997. Uh, I'm betting the under on the national anthem. I think this is going to be classic classy uh no frills i think we're hitting the under on the anthem this year so 100k on that
1: so i saw that the under was 90 and a half seconds does that sound right to you yep um and it's minus 128 so the payout on 100,000 on that would be 172,000. okay all right first touchdown
0: i'm going travis kelsey i think the swifties are going to collectively pray and just will this to happen dude i think he's getting the touchdown and then throwing up the heart to uh to taylor 100K on Travis
1: Kelsey first touchdown. That would pay 850,000. And then I'm taking the Chiefs against the spread. That would pay 373,913. dollars That was
0: 200K on that one. 200K yep. on Chiefs against the spread. Yep. Okay. And then can I throw in one last bonus bet, man? If it's not too much trouble, you can get the odds while we're doing listener mail. Um, or no, they don't. It's not heads and tails on the coin anymore, huh? It's the yeah, it is.
1: It's heads and tails.
0: Okay, I'll take tails for the coin. I thought they switched it up a while back and did like the team logo on each side or something.
1: No, because I bet Tails as well.
0: So, okay, I've taken Tails. Tails never fails. 100K on that. And then I'm going to hedge. You know, I went Chiefs heavy on those bets, man, with uh, the Red Gatorade, Travis Kelsey getting the first touchdown Chiefs against the spread. I'm going to hedge a little bit on this. Brock Purdy, I want to put 250K down on him being the MVP. Okay, that would pay
1: $837,500. All right, so that's me. What do you got lined up, dude? Let's hear it. All right, so I got 49ers minus two, and George Kittle in a parlay to score a touchdown for two hundred thousand, which would pay seven hundred ninety six thousand. All right, he's going big. Um, I have tails for a hundred thousand, so that would pay two hundred k. I have okay. yellow Gatorade for $100,000, which would pay four hundred. dollars I have yellow or green, so you get both colors with this because they're so close in colors for Gatorade. Uh, $100,000 gives you $400,000. Okay. I'm hedging it a little bit as well. I have Travis Kelsey as MVP at $50,000 for six hundred and fifty dollars and then I have, I got some more here. I got Brandon Ayuk over 59 and a half receiving yards for 100K, which would pay 186,956.
0: Smart. He might get that on one play.
1: I have Isaiah Pacheco over 67 and a half rushing yards for 100K, which would pay 183,333. And then I have Chris Jones over 0.25 sacks for 200K, which would pay 440,000.
0: All right, man. It's going to be an interesting one. I think I you know, I'm without doing the math in my head, it sounds like if I bomb on mine and you hit on yours, you could definitely come back. Uh so still a lot in the air for the $1 million Dollar bets championship. Yeah. All right, let's get to some listener mail. All right. First off, we have Jordan's uh, lovely wife, Ari, hit us with a couple questions. She says, what's a Super Bowl party food must have? I think you got to have wings, man. If I show up to a Super Bowl party and there's no wings, I'm immediately feeling very suspect if I've made the right decision with how I'm spending my evening.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think wings are a must at at every Super Bowl party. Um, just dude, wings are we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Wings and pizza, man. It's the ultimate Super Bowl food. You got to have one or yep. the other at least eat them with
0: your hands. You don't need silverware. Like, they're easy to, you know, grab a slice, grab a couple wings, go back for seconds, dude. Like, yeah. And they keep, man. Like, if you want to set your plate down, you can just toss it in the microwave for 12 seconds, and it's good to go, dude. It's like, you know, I don't need no fancy barbecue or nothing like that for my Super Bowl party. Straight up. Give me, give me wings, give me pizza, give me beer, and I'm happy.
1: A little follow-up on what Seth just said. So I'm telling you right now that if I go to a Super Bowl party and I hear a man ask for a fork or something like that when he's eating wings, like I just assume I need to recite the stepbrother's line to you where he's like, we're, we're men and that means something. We like to shit with the door open. We like to go on riverboat gambling trips. We like to talk <laughs> about pussy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah don't eat wings with a with a fork dude that's that's just no it's not a thing all right Ari also says what's been your favorite halftime performance ever I think I go with Prince man that Colts and uh Bears Super Bowl I thought that one was pretty good man I saw I think we got to take the one where we saw Janet Jackson's titty off the board because that's clearly the best ever so take not counting that one I'll go Prince
1: I'm not gonna lie, dude. I really liked the one in LA a couple of years ago with Dre, Eminem, Snoop, and everybody. I thought that was pretty awesome, just because like that was like a nostalgia Super Bowl for me. Um, yeah, the Prince one is pretty hard to beat, though, man. Especially consider it was raining during halftime while he's doing purple rain. Like I thought that just added to it, man. Dude, it was it was incredible. That game was horrible, but yeah, that Super Bowl save the halftime saved it a little bit.
0: Yeah, that game peaked with Devin Hester running the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, and then after that, it was just Peyton Manning kind of punching the bears in the mouth for, for four quarters. Yep. All right, Zach Herzer says, do you watch the Super Bowl for the actual game or for the commercials? I don't know if it's just me getting older, man. I feel like the commercials have kind of tailed off over the last 10 years or so. As a kid, it was probably fifty fifty, dude. You live for those those commercial breaks, especially like the first three or four commercial breaks of the Super Bowl. Like you're just waiting with bated breath, man, for those. And I, I definitely do not have that feeling as an adult. I don't know if that's just a me thing or a, a getting older thing or what, but I I you know, I used to love the commercials. Now like I, I barely even really think of them.
1: No, it's not just a you thing, it's an everybody thing. The problem is, dude, there's five companies that buy all the ad space and you're just that's what you're watching the entire game. So definitely the game for me.
0: And any drinking games for the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, I, know. I don't. Know. I've never really done the drinking thing. You know, I, I, to be honest, I haven't gone to a ton of Super Bowl parties as an adult, dude. My my Super Bowl party peak was in high school, man. Like my parents always hosted it, starting my sophomore year of football. And then it ran through my brothers till my brother graduated. So my brother was two years behind me. So we had like a five a five year streak of hosting some real throwdowns for the Super Bowl at my house. Man, like my dad would would fry just a shitload of wings for us, dude. We would get a ton of pizza um you know from from town all all the pop you could drink dude like you know our, our garage fridge is just filled with kroger brand um sodas of every flavor and it'd just be the whole you know basically the whole high school football team come over to our house for it it was always a really really good time and a fond memory as an adult i really haven't done a lot of super bowl parties man i don't know it's just never i, I kind of like watching football by myself for the most part
1: we usually go to someone's house every year unless the Falcons are playing. And uh, I'd just like to remind you, we did have a Super Bowl party for your adult life for the Falcons. That was like Patriots. a Super Bowl
0: funeral, dude.
1: No, it was a party, dude. I'm pretty sure I lifted you like 18 feet off the ground <laughs> in the third quarter <laughs> of that game. So yeah, that was that was a party. Let's not joke. Let's not kid you uh, guys. Yeah. It went bad really fast, but it was still a party while it lasted. Um, yeah. All right. No, no, no drinking games. I'm not drinking every time they say or show Taylor Swift. Absolutely fucking not. I might die. <laughs> uh,
0: two more questions. Rob Virginio, uh, you know, we kind of talked about this. He he laid out the case for Miles Garrett and TJ Watt and basically said, you know, make sense of Miles Garrett when a defensive player of the year. Looking at the way he's got, he's got all the stats laid out here for us, man. Tackles, uh, QB hits, everything, sacks. Looking at the numbers, there's really no way to justify it, man. Like I said, I, kn- I knew I was kind of going against the grain with that pick and saying I'm kind of, you know, leaning on the vibes over the numbers. Um, but overall, I-, I think the Browns' overall defense was a little bit better than the Steelers, and, you know, Myles Garrett was the centerpiece of that. So that's why he got my nod. you got anything to add to the, the Miles Garrett-T.J. Watt discussion?
1: No. I mean, both are deserving players. Like, we're, we're not going to rip on one or the other. I'm sorry. They're, they're both deserving. Yeah
0: and last question our good buddy brian baker from all the way down in north carolina come
1: on and raise up take your shirt off
0: (laughs) best ice cream flavor ever oh
1: cookies and cream
0: you know i was thinking something basic like that too i took a sneak peek at this one earlier the the basis of my argument is really that vanilla is criminally underrated as an ice cream flavor right like I feel like it gets thrown under the bus just because like it's become like a, a catch all for something that's just plain. But dude, vanilla is so common and is so like you know known for that just because it's so good, dude. It's so easy and it's the base for stuff like cookies and cream. And my pick, which is chocolate chip cookie dough, man. I mm-hmm. think uh, you know you just if you want to combine, bro, I'm not opposed to doing a little uh, cookie dough and cream, right? But I've seen that at a few ice, a few like boutique ice cream places where you got the cookies and cream with the Oreo bits, but you also have cookie dough in there as well. Um, they had that at, uh, I can't remember the name of it, man. I'll, I'll get Sheena to remind me and I'll, I'll drop it the next episode we record. There was an awesome place in, um, Virginia beach that had a flavor of ice cream called cookie monster. And it was really, really good vanilla ice cream, but it was dyed blue. And then it it had the Oreo bits and the chocolate chip cookie dough in there. And that was just primo.
1: Dude, um they don't have it on their menu anymore, but you can still get it. But Dairy Queen used to have the cookie jar for one of the blizzards, and it was Oreos, fudge, and um cookie dough bites, and it was absolutely delicious. Like they obviously don't have it anymore, but you can still get it. You just have to piece it out yourself and pay the extra eighteen dollars or whatever it is to add extra <laughs> toppings into a blizzard now. But yeah, that that's like my favorite blizzard, dude. So I mean, we literally just hit on my two favorite ice creams. All right.
0: That's it for listener mail. Uh, appreciate you guys support all season. We'll be back next week with a Super Bowl wrap up. And then uh, we'll, we'll get into the the offseason, the, the first offseason for the Goal Line podcast. But I want to thank all the listeners again for all the positive feedback, all the support, all throughout the year. I'm humbled every single week when we take a look at those those download numbers on this show, man. The fact that with all the options out there, people are. People are choosing us to to put in their ear holes, man. It's uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Jordan, I'll leave you with the closing thoughts for this uh, Super Bowl preview.
1: Yeah, it's uh, just to kind of echo with that. Said it's it's kind of humbling that you guys all listen to us. I mean, it it really is. Like, dude, we had no idea what this was going to be when we started it, and. Um, it's incredible that everybody likes it and like I said dude, I've never had a bad feedback on the show and I mean maybe you guys are just hiding out there and not wanting to tell <laughs> us that you actually hate the fucking show and you think me and Seth are annoying, which go ahead, give us the feedback, it's alright man we can take it, um, but as far as closing thoughts, uh, try not to get over Swift-elated this weekend Peace
0: up
1: A-Town I yeah the yeah
0: yeah 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 yeah
1: yeah 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 in. yeah Okay. Conversation got heavy. She had me. This-